Hello, everyone. Welcome to Peer-to-Peer Real Estate Show. I'm your host, William Morales. And on today's show, I have Matt Kirkgaard. He is, are you the founder of Movement Property Group? Is that the, the main, you're the main head honcho there? <laughs> That's it. Yes, sir. I brought on two partners a couple of years ago. So I, I shared the load with a couple of other brilliant guys at this point, but I did found the company. So tell us about your entrepreneurial journey from, uh, you know, to when you started, uh, the, um, you know, the Movement Property Group. Sure. But you always well, knew I, you wanted to be an entrepreneur. Was that something that you were born with or uh, that fell into your lap as you got a little older? Yeah, no, that's kind of always been my life. I started, um, actually started music. I started playing piano when I was six and started playing professionally when I was nine. And okay. so music has been kind of my life. And uh, as a musician, you don't really have an option but to be entrepreneurial. So it's a pound the pavement type of, type of career. And that's all I've ever known. So uh, when real estate came into my purview, uh, it was a natural move for me and, and easy to, to jump in. So I, I have always loved the freedom and flexibility and being responsible for my, my own kind of destiny in that. So uh, it was an easy jump into real estate and being the entrepreneurial side of that business. So. so how do you find time to do both? You know, are you still playing music as we speak and, you know, you're doing, you got the movement property groups. How do you navigate those two? Complicated. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been an interesting thing. I, uh, you know, I think actually the thing that I, I'm, I have three kids under the age of seven. And so actually I would say that that's actually the, the majority of my time. And I have to figure out how to fit music and real estate into the mix. Past <laughs> that. Gotcha. Um, but I think the thing about the thing that is nice about being an entrepreneur, the thing that's great about real estate is that there's so much mobility in that. So I can travel and play shows and I can still be working my business. And at this point I've, I've built the business. I have admins and I have a team of phenomenal agents and I have these other partners these great guys that help kind of run the day-to-day -day, and that gives me a little bit more flexibility and leverage to kind of step out as I need to um COVID actually did me a service in that mm -hmm. um, and I know COVID was so difficult for so many people but it allowed music kind of shut down anyway through COVID across mm -hmm. the industry so it allowed me time to really focus on real estate and get move my property group to the place that I needed to get it to for me to be able to have the ability to step out a little bit. So, um, so I do do both right now. I'm probably still pretty heavily real estate focused and I have a little bit less music than I used to. Right. Um, but that trans, I should probably transition next year. I would assume to kind of flip those two. So I'll be probably primarily music and a little bit more just cheerleader coach relationship manager on the real estate side of the company. So it really just, it, it, came down to surrounding myself with phenomenal people, having the right timing workout to be able to focus on it through COVID and, and not lose any of my ground musically. And, um, and, and then it's just mobile, it's mobile, you know, creating that space mobily and, you know, uh, you know, flexible. And um, that's kind of how I built both of those businesses. So I don't have office space on the real estate side. I work from coffee shops and studios and, you know, that type of thing, and then do the same with music. So it, it works for the moment in some weird way. Yeah, well, you know, you got the time management that um, that you're working on, obviously, but but you know, you got the family dynamic there. You got the real estate, and then you got uh, the music. But with real estate, just what you said, you, you know, you have a team, you got a couple of partners. So basically, and then like you said, you could take your computer anywhere, find an internet connection, and you can still you do and do your business. So I, I love that. I love that model. Um, yep. When you knew that you wanted to get into real estate, was there any pushback um, from it that people say, no, you should stay with music, you're great at music, real estate's a different uh, animal altogether. How was that support early on? 
an interesting question. Real estate actually kind of came into my um, world unexpectedly. Real estate was not the plan. We, um, long story short, but due to some personal financial crisis um, mm -hmm. that happened, I, I didn't have an option, but to figure out some other option, uh, other solutions. And so real estate came in as a suggestion from a friend. So I feel like people were pretty supportive of that and pretty encouraging of, of that. I'm in Nashville. So um, I mean, we're Music City. Everyone and their mom here is a musician. You go to any restaurant and your waiter is likely in the music industry. I mean, it just, right. it's its kind of the culture here. So the side hustle, the second gigs, they figure out how to make ends meet and get really creative with that is a common space here. Um, other places that I've lived, that's not been as much the case. So there may have been less support in another community, but Nashville for sure was super supportive of that. And not only supportive, it wasn't, it didn't phase anybody. It's normal. It's, it's normal here. Oh, okay. All right. No, no. You know, it's funny because you know, I'm thinking of you, you know, you're doing, like you said, pretty much everybody in Nashville is either a musician or want to be a musician. And all of a sudden you jump into a, yeah. a, a different industry. Um, yeah. so for you, when did you start, uh, the movement property group was that something recent or or did you start that uh, a few years ago what, what what was the what was the drive for you to start the company yeah i i started out as an independent agent uh in real estate obviously and and again my my intention was to kind of recover some of the loss that my wife and i went through mm -hmm. um and i within six months of having my license i was in the top 10 agents in the highest volume office in the state and so real estate worked well for me. And, and I, I think that it, again, lends itself to the same skill set as music, right? Hustle. I always tell people musicians are my favorite people to hire because um, they know how to pound the pavement. They're really great at networking and they know people all over the place. And they're used to not making any money, which is great as you start off a new business. So, um, <laughs> so it worked well for me. Um, but I, I started as an independent agent. It ended up being successful. Um, and as I started thinking about what I could do going forward, I knew that if I wanted to get back to music full time, I either had to exit real estate or I needed to figure out how to build a sustainable company that would allow me to leverage my time in both places. And I decided to start the company. And so I started a, a team um, four years ago, four or five years ago. And it was branded Make Nashville Your Home at the time. We rebranded three years ago, Movement Property Group, and really got our systems in place. I brought on two partners uh, about a year and a half ago. Um, okay. And so, Yes, yeah, so it's really been around for about three years. So when you started the company, were there any early mistakes that you made that you were able uh, able to overcome? Uh, <laughs> I see the smile on your face. So um, of course there were. <laughs> isn't that the case for all of us? But yeah, if you could talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. And how, and how did you recover? I, I have really strong, I'm very much of the opinion that mistakes are only opportunities to learn and to shift and to pivot and, I agree 100%, and grow. Yeah. And I am not, I have never been scared of failure because I don't necessarily look at it as failure. I look at it as, oh, it didn't work. Let's figure out a different way to do it. So I could go through dozens of mistakes and things <laughs> that I've learned from and yeah. um, I've spent money on things that had no return and that's part of the gig. I think there's always that additive, you know, that, that you, you have to spend money to make money. And, and I've, I've spent a lot of money and figured out which ways that that doesn't make money. You know, that I think, um, one of the things, one of my downfalls, and this might be, this might be opposite of many other entrepreneurs downfalls, but one of my downfalls is I'm really, really, really passionate about people. And I care about people almost to a fault. Mm -hmm. And so I, um, I initially built my business around a lot of, um, I just want to help people and I want to, I want to be able to, to spur people on and champion people in their world. 
and there was less a there was less focus on the business piece of that. And that's great when it was just me, but now that we're a large team, mm-hmm. um, there that there has to be a both and there has to be some sort of balance between the two. So that was actually one of my probably one of my harder mistakes to learn because it it ha- I had to kind of make a shift and say, yeah, love people and still love people, but in terms of business, like there's still got to be I can't bankroll everybody and make sure that I I pay everybody's salary for the rest of my life. I need to make sure that everyone else is gonna, you know, they get in the game, right? Too, yeah. So. Right. So that was one of the, one of the big things that I, I learned on the front end. I think uh, everything else, you know, common business mistakes, you learn what works and what doesn't, you learn that systems and, and efficiencies that need to be in place to, to save time. And I've spent extraordinary amounts of time in places that have had no return. I learned really quickly that I, I needed to value myself enough to um, not negotiate my pay to know I'm worth getting paid to, uh, be able to fire a client if that client is taking up too much, is not going to be worth my time or is going to take up too much of my my headspace or my mental, you know, <laughs> psychological well-being, emotional right. well-being. I had to learn to let that go. And so things like that, but, you know, typical business mistakes. Yeah, but, you know, the thing is, though, is I like the word that you said, or let me rephrase it, where you don't want to use failure because I hate that word. To me, it's like final. Yeah. It, it, that's how I look at it. I like mistakes because you can learn from it. You know, like me, I had a couple of bad partners that cost me some dollars in the yeah. end, but I realized, okay, you know what? I, I take blame because we didn't have the same goals. We weren't aligned. So I had to take a responsibility for that. And, and, you know, and the theme of today's show is about relationships and clients. So one of the things about um, keeping a relationship going is always be in contact. And I'm going to be honest with you, Matt, I have a hard time doing that. Uh, you know, and yep, I, could absolutely. Do, I could do it, you know, in person, but I'm talking about like keeping tabs, maybe online or something like that. Uh, what are some of the ways that you, you know, you know, you, you sell a home or you, or, or you buy a home or you invest in a home or you, you know, you work with clients. What are like one or two things that you do to keep that relationship going? Even though, you know, that this buyer might be only a one-time buyer, but maybe down the road, they'll remember you and say, hey, you know what, Matt helped me uh, buy this house. So what are like some steps that you do to keep uh, that relationship going? Um, Hopefully I didn't put you on the spot. (laughs) No, that's perfect. No, it's great. I I think that that's probably... um, that's one of the the hardest questions that any entrepreneur, any sales manager, any any type of business who works with relationships is going to have to ask themselves is how do you manage those relationships? Mm-hmm. And some of that is just systems in place to keep my calendar up to date and keep reminders scheduled to hit me and say, hey, you need to call and check in on so-and-so. You know, we've got anniversary reminders, home buying anniversary reminders, birthday reminders, and, and all the different mm-hmm. things. So we know when I need to follow up with all the people in my world, I don't have to keep track of all of that myself. Um, so that's helpful. But I think that for me, the biggest, uh, maybe the biggest uh, fundamental thing that I could put my success on has been um, that I really am people over profits. I really care about people for themselves uh, Mm -hmm. more than what they can provide for me, more than what they can give me, um, more than what house they can sell with me, more than what commission I can make. I really care about people. I care about who they are. I care about what what their story is um, and how to, and how I can invest in them. And that being said, so then it's a relationship. It's, it's more than just a transaction. A relationship is not transactional. It's always relational. And so if you have a kid or your kid graduates or 
you know, you need, you need anything with your house. You need, Hey, you know, I, my, I have a pipe burst and I have a flood. I, I bet Matt knows someone because we have this relationship built and they know that I have, um, you know, some pull in that space and probably have those, those that network. Um, I become the regular call for almost everything that they need when it comes right. to their house. And then when they buy or sell their house, I'm that call as well. Um, right. They remember what so, you did for them. Yeah. 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 Wow. And it's, it's just consistent involvement. It's consistent relationship. I, uh, I really do, like I said, I really value people more than that. So it, it has to be relational and personal first and then transactional is just, you know, the, the icing on the cake. Yeah. It, it seems, you know, tell me if I'm wrong, Matt, we're talking with Matt Kergard of movement property group. Um, you're more willing to give whatever you can give and maybe not expecting anything back, but as long as you know you feel good that you gave something, whether it was a, a recommendation or advice, and it seems that's the way to go. And I've heard uh, one of my heroes, his name is Jim Rohn, uh, Tony Robbins, uh, study under mm -hmm. him, and he mm -hmm. said that you know the more you give, you'll get, but don't expect to get back. Just you know, be a giver, not a taker. Always. And it seems Always. you know that's how you are. Always. You know, yeah. So go ahead, please talk, because I, I love that. Um, because I'm trying to learn that as I gotten older to, to give more, to, you know, to make my sure. relationships last. But I love the fact that you talk about which, you know, I, I didn't even think about except for my close friends, anniversaries, birthdays, uh, the day you bought the sure. house that you reach out to them and they'll remember right. I'm like, wow, Matt, wow, Matt, I, you know, I didn't know Matt that well, but he sent me a birthday wish. I love that. What made you yep. do that? What was it about you that you said that, hey, maybe I could wish this guy a happy birthday or maybe send him a card or, or an anniversary. What was, what was that, um, that impetus that made you do that? And, and you do it with your friends yeah, or family, I mean, but now you're doing it with strangers. I think I've always done it with strangers. I've always been, I'm, okay. a, I'm a clinical extrovert. So <laughs> right, um, right, right. I love people. Um, if I'm tired, I'm done at the end of my rope. I'm exhausted. I want to be in the middle of a crowded shopping mall or a crowded airport. Like I love, love, love people. And so it's part of it. So I've always been there. Um, my family raised me to be, you know, radically generous and always be looking out for the people. I think that, um, I think that I've just seen that in my life. I've been on the other end of that. I've been on the other end of that line. I've been in the position where um, my wife and I were homeless for a stint. Um, oh, we wow. have been on the other side of that coin yeah. um, where we're desperate and we need help. And the people that to this day, I would say have had the most impact in my life are the ones that saw me in that space and said that they can be present to help me in that space, offered me a place to live, offered me a couch to sleep on. Um, we're aware that things were going on when, we didn't necessarily have the energy to tell people that things were going on, but they were just aware. They knew what was going on in my life and where we were at, and they were able to step in and help. Those were the people that I've gravitated towards and held on right. to, and I'm and I'm obnoxiously loyal to. Um, so when the coin flipped and I and I got to this side of the line, I think that that was just my mo. That's how I operated. So I go into any I go into any any conversation, any meeting, which I take a lot of meetings. I love meeting with people. I take a lot of coffee meetings and yeah. um, meet with people. And it's never a, how can I get you to buy or sell or invest in a house? What can you do that's going to get me a commission? That's never, ever my approach. Yeah. My approach is I want to know who you are. I want to know what your story is. I want to know 
you know, tell me about your family. Tell me about your history. You're from Nashville. Where'd you move from? Well, what do you do for a living? Like, what's your story? And if I can, if I can really dial in what someone's story is, then I know how I can fit into that story, or I can maybe write the next part of that story and figure out how I fit into that story. Um, and so it benefits my business, but that's not the, that's not the primary goal. The primary objective is to know right. someone and to be present in their story. And, and if I get paid sometime in the future for something in that, that's great. And if not, I have a friend, I have a person, I have a relationship, a connection, and I'm a huge believer that good people know good people and networking is the, is the foundation of any of this type of business. It's who you know. So yeah, no, I, I definitely I ultimately, yeah. I want a seat at the table. I want to be at the table. I don't need anything from anybody. I just want to be at the table. I want to be present in the conversation. And, um, and I want to feel like I know someone's story at the end of that conversation. Right. And, you know, I, I, again, Matt, this is amazing because you're getting to know someone, you're getting to know what makes them tick and you're not even asking for anything in return. You just want to get to know the person. And if they are willing to share, then you could say, okay, wow, this guy's looking for a house. Maybe I can help him down the road. So people like that, right. That you don't, that you're not, um, it's, they're not a client yet. So let's do two questions. They're not a client yet. Do you, sure. once you get their information, right, they're willing to give you their business card or whatever they, do you send them like updates sure. on, on market uh, cycles or what's going on in the market, what homes are available, even if they might not be looking for a home? Uh, are those type of people that you don't have the relationship with, are those the ones you contact just as much as those that you do have a relationship? If my question made any sense at all? Mm -hmm. <laughs> hundred percent. And I do, I contact them. I might not do just the market updates. I feel like one of the things, especially in Nashville right now, Nashville is incredibly hot market. So we have thousands of real estate agents. And so mm. I probably get 250, 300 market updates a day from wow. various agents. Um, so I feel like I, I don't necessarily need to add to the noise. I'm not sure that would actually do any benefit at this point. Anyway, I try to, I try to give them information that's going to be pertinent and relevant to them. So in the conversation, I most likely have learned, do they own their house or not? Like where, you know, what their situation is. I love helping people invest. I never was taught to invest growing up and sitting in the seat that I've sat in. I've got to watch a lot of investors work and how that works and the return on investment and how that long-term gain happens. And so I've become a, a avid real estate investor myself. And then I love being able to step in. I have a client right now, a friend uh, who was referred to me. They were looking at having to move out of a particular neighborhood because they couldn't quite afford it. And School, long story short, they bought the house seven years ago. They have 500,000 in equity in this house. So like, we'll sell our house and we'll go buy another house that makes more sense for our family. Um, upon having a conversation with them, they love their house. They wish they could add onto their house. They can't afford to add onto their house. So mm -hmm. they're gonna have to sell their house back. Anyway, so we walked through the option of how do you use that equity to add onto your house and grab a couple investment properties. And now you're actually paying less, you're netting more. Um, so you get to add on to your house, have your dream house, stay in the neighborhood you want to stay into, be in the house that you love with your family, have a couple investment properties that are building your portfolio and your monthly net is more, your net income is more than it is currently right now. Right. And so we walked through that property, you know, how that, what that proposition looks like. And I've connected them with the right people and we started on a process. So I didn't sell their house and buy another house, but I am buying them to investment properties and helping okay. them do an addition to their house. And, and so, um, I'm not sure that answer your question. I think it's no, no, that, it did, the, it did. rather than a market update for them, sure. it's an investment update. It's here's some connection to some lenders. Here's what, um, here's what these different type of loan options look like to access your equity without selling your house. 
here's, you know, that's, so it's different, you know, for them. Mm-hmm. Um, a luxury client is going to get a different regular email from me than just a general market update. They're going to get a luxury market update, which is really specific and hyper-focused on their, their world, their echelon, where they're at. Right. Um, someone who's not interested in buying and they're like, man, I'm good. I don't need to do that at all. They might not need market updates. They might need, you know, here's some maintenance things you might want to check in with your house. Do you have a guy that's maintaining your HVAC system? Have you checked your dryer vents? Here's a few things that, and here's some people might be good contacts for you. Or, hey, you said you were really busy and really stressed. And one of the things that stresses you out is that you have to mow your yard every week. Here's my lawn guys. They're amazing. And, you know, feel free to use them. So it's, I, I try to make those touches very applicable to that particular conversation. Um, and of course, we have our general updates that'll go out at times to people, but the, the the people that I have the most response for are when it's really personal. So again, personal, relational, you know. It, it, again, I'm finding this, you know, because I, I'll do this again with my friends and all that, but, you know, like some people that I meet at networking events, I should reach out and then I'm, and I'm not going to lie, Matt, sometimes I just, oh, I mean, what can I offer? But then I know people in the real estate business. I know, you know, uh, contractors, I know agents, I know. And I figure, you know what, like talking to you is just making me more being aware of just cultivating that relationship in the future. Maybe nothing might happen now, sure. but at least if I could offer something without expecting anything in return, uh, and it does make me feel good. It's just, it, it's like when I, you know, I, I'm in New York and I, sometimes I see, you know, when I see a homeless person, I remember one time, uh, this person was asking me for money, but I didn't have money, but I had some food and I said, listen, I don't have any money, but I, would you take this food? And he was glad to take it. And it made me feel good. So I could see, you know, the relationship that you're cultivating is definitely making you feel good because a, you're providing a service and if, and B, if it turns into a profit down the road, wow, that's, you know, uh, my efforts. Great. I'm not gonna say, yeah, it's great. I'm gonna say my efforts went to, you know, for naught. But you are cultivating relationships, and and I, again, I appreciate that that you that and you're so open about it's, it. It's, it's a connection. If yeah, it, for sure. If it doesn't, it's connection. And I've always been about solidifying the connection. Any training you go through will ensure that you solidify that connection. So a mm-hmm. lot of agents will be told, make sure you make the calls. I I'm not as much of a phone person, so I'm a make sure you take the coffee date. So when I meet someone at a networking event, I will absolutely invite them and pay for a coffee sometime that week. Like, let's go to coffee. Um, one of my biggest referral partners, I've never actually done a deal with him. Um, he has not bought or sold a house with me, but he's referred me 12 different deals in the last three years. Oh, wow. So I've gotten 12, 12 decently sized real estate deals, a couple luxury deals from him, and I haven't actually done a deal for him. So solidifying that connection was really important, even though he wasn't going to be the client, it's his network that I'm getting access to. And so I will always, if I, you know, meet someone or connect with someone, I'm like, let's go to coffee because I feel like coffee for me, I love coffee for one. So, um, you know, I'll drink coffee all along, but that solidifies a connection. It's a relational moment where I can take an hour and I can actually meet with you and we've solidified that connection. And then follow-up can come from there. I can gain all the insight I need on what I need to be following up with you with and about based on that coffee date, but that coffee solidifies that connection and allows me to continue to pursue that relationship further and, and gain access to their network network as well. Right. Wow. That's amazing. Um, so what's next for, for movement property group? What are you guys looking to do, Matt, in the next three to six months? What, what are the goals? What's your crystal ball uh, saying no. right now? <laughs> 
We have um, actually, we are about to step into a completely different echelon of business. We have become the um, exclusive sales team, uh, preferred sales team for a couple really large developers in town. Nice. Um, and so we have um, hundreds, maybe thousands of homes coming to the market in the next few years um, wow. through a couple different developers at this point. Um, and so we are, we have built an entire development platform to really kind of focus on that. Nashville's growing a lot and we are excited to be part of that growth. And so um, we're doing that. We have a couple different other business endeavors that we're discussing some expansion possibilities into other markets. Um, we obviously really secured our luxury base and our celebrity base in Nashville. We obviously still work with a lot of relocation and we work with, and we're first time home buyers too. And we have a whole team of people that, that deal with all the everyday transactions as well. Um, and then our, my partners and I also started a, a venture capital firm on the, as well to start oh, funneling okay. money too, so that we can become our own cycle. So we want to start being the developer and being the builder and being able to, to personally be building Nashville and then selling Nashville. Right. You um, want to keep it in-house eventually, so, right? Right. That's it'll smart. all be in-house, right? Yeah. Very smart. So that's kind of the direction we're heading and we've got, um, we've got a really good ramp up to get there. We've got some really exciting projects that are coming. Uh, we start selling a couple pretty influential developments in the next six months. Um, and so uh, if those go well, that opens the door for us for a lot of other opportunity past that. So uh, incredible growth, huge scale is is kind of the future of MPG, I think, which is super exciting. A little bit, <laughs> sometimes I find myself shaking my head at the whole thing, but it's exciting. We're, we're super excited. No, no, that's, uh, again, that's great for you guys and I, would you guys expand outside of Tennessee uh, in the future or pretty much it's just going to be home base for now? What are you guys looking, do you, would you guys expand, you know, maybe the next state over, you know? <laughs> We've expand a lot, actually. We, we've talked about that initially our, on our initial play, it actually had slated 16 cities across the U S for expansion oh, nice. and one okay. overseas. Um, that I have personal networks that I've built in. I, I travel a lot. I traveled for music for a long right. time. So I have a lot of good connections across the globe. And so we actually had slated 16 cities in the U.S. and one city overseas to uh, expand to. But then Nashville just became the it market. And so we collectively decided that for the moment, really pouring our resource into Nashville and making sure that we are Nashville's team is is where we wanted to be. And so... Um, I think expansion is probably in the future at some point. We just want to make sure that everything is solidified here and we do own the market here and then and then look at what our other expansion possibilities be. But I, I'm all about expanding. I love that. I love. Yeah. I would love to be everywhere. And with Keller Williams, we're under Keller Williams as our brokerage, which is great because Keller has space all over the world. So, um, oh, yeah, that's a huge the deal name. Via, yeah, yeah. Right. So I, I closed the deal via referral in Paris, France just a bit ago. And I, I like having that. Um, yeah. I like having that network as it is, even as a referral partner. So it'd be fun to actually expand the movement property group name into those markets, but that's in the future. Yeah, that's down the road. Uh, first of all, man, I want to yeah. thank you so much for being on Peer to Peer Real Estate Show. And before I let you go, just a couple more things. And I already could tell, I already know, but um, what else keeps you motivated? You know, you're helping people. You got a, a, a family of four, right? You, three kids, well, family of five. Um, what else keeps you I motivated? <laughs> you know, I am a musician and so music and driving my art forward is always a big part of my life. And that's always been my life. So music is kind of always at the core of, of uh, I don't know, I feel like it's part of my DNA. So it's what keeps me alive, maybe so yeah. motivated as well. Um, 
my family, I have three kids and I, I mean, that's, that's really my primary. So everything sure. else comes secondary to that. I, I adore my family and I adore my kids and I want to, I will always want to do that. Um, and then just kind of being able to, you know, again, I, I said, I've said this before, I love people. So um, I really love investing in community. I love investing in people's lives and their stories. I love being part of their stories. And I, I think that that probably is at the core of all of this, right? My family is very much that way. My music pours into people and becomes part of their story. Real estate becomes part of their story. I think at the end of the day, that's probably the core of just kind of my, my ethos is I want to make, I want to be able to be part of people's stories. Cause I think there's a lot of amazing stories out there. And I, oh, yeah, I no, like, I, I like yeah, discovering I that. Day. Oh yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, any books you would like to recommend? Cause you have a book in you. I mean, I looked at your website. If I missed it, then it's my <laughs> fault. Um, but uh, any books you'd like to recommend? You know, the Matt Kirkgar story. Oh man. Um, <laughs> Matt Kirkgar right, in real exactly. estate, One you know? Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be that'll be a that'll be an epic novel i think at some there point there you but, go <laughs> um i let's see right now um i um i'm trying to think of what i've been focusing on bookwise right now i honestly have been probably more focused on podcasts as i've been running around i have a lot a lot of time to sit and read oh, so what's um, yeah, I uh, the rich dad poor dad is a good one, or deeper pocket bigger pockets is is a good one. Both those are really great investing podcasts. Yeah, um, they help kind of drive that a lot. I um, uh, you know, I've been to a few of those events, and I again rethinking and reshaping that investment yeah. ideology because I grew up not having that being part of my vocabulary and um, seeing how that can that plays, you know, especially with all the conversation on inflation and the economy and all that, like investing and especially real estate just hedges yourself against that investment or against, against that inflation. And yeah. so, um, you know, that is something I'm really grateful to have learned. And I love that I've been able to help others learn that as well. Um, other than that, honestly, right now I've been focused on parenting stuff, you know, trying to figure out. That's I've got important. To <laughs> that's important. Yeah. And honestly, it's the most of my life right now. So yeah. I'm like, I have a lot of podcasts and stuff, but they're not necessarily applicable to this. But I, <laughs> I have two adopted kids from India and I, okay. um, you know, we're working through a whole bunch of just, you know, amazing things with my kids, but just learning how to be a better dad and, and, and what that is, because that's the dominant piece of my life at the moment. That's where the dominant amount of my research is. <laughs> yeah, no, moment, no, but, I, I definitely get um, it. So for any, so, any new, uh, new investor that is looking to get into the business of real estate or whatever, uh, maybe, can you give a, a, like a, a tip to keep a lasting relationship, even though you went over it before, you know, saying hello and uh, keeping tabs on them, birthday, anniversary, but for the first timer that's looking to, to, to keep a relationship going, uh, any other tips that you could uh, think of? Pretty much what we talked about, right? With you. Yeah. Yeah, but it's going to start with you being more interested in them than what they have to offer you. Okay. If you can just, if you can enter a relationship and dive in and it, it's, you're more interested in, in them as a person, you're more invested in them as a person than what they have to offer you. I have a, a dear friend and he's a, a musician, a singer-songwriter. And um, in the last couple of weeks, last week, he did a new release and and he's, he's your typical struggling musician story, but kind of just overnight it happened. And so he's, you know, topping the charts globally and he's got every record label in the world pursuing him now. And we kind of had this conversation just last night, actually, about how um, 
relationships have to be, and once you have some of that success, you see that a lot of people jump into relationship with you at that yeah. time when you have some of that success because they want something from you. Right. So he's being wooed by a lot of people that have been in his life that haven't really cared much. And now they're like, oh, now I care. And I want to like hitch my, my, you know, yeah. I want to hitch my, you know, whatever, slady your horse because you're skyrocketing and I want to ride with you, you know? Yeah. Um, and we just talked about how the relationships that that are really crucial to him. And I would say the same thing for me is, um the ones where it's not the expectation of what you can offer to me i want to jump into relationships with people with and he said you know he said this last night i'm one of the i'm one of the safe people in his world because he knows that i'm not there trying to get something from him right i just right. care about him i care about who he is i care about him as a person i don't i don't really don't care about the success i'm excited for him but i don't really care what happens there i care about him as a person more than i care about that right. and so i'm i'm in his corner and i try to be that person for every relationship i dive into it's not a how can I, how can I benefit from you? It's a, I want to figure out if I have anything I can help you and offer you with. And if not, then thanks for the cup of coffee. Let's have another cup of coffee in a few months and catch up. Like I like, I really just genuinely believe that if you can meet people in a place and it's less, it's not about what they have to offer you, but how that relational connection can happen. That's, that's going to be the way to, to keep that alive long-term. Yeah, no, I couldn't say it better myself. And if somebody want to get in contact with you, what's the best way? Yeah, email is great. Um, Matt at movementpropertygroup.com is my email. Um, my phone number is there. If you go to my website, movementpropertygroup.com, you'll yeah. find all of my contact info there. So phone, email, it's all there. Um, or if you're in Nashville, let me know and I'll buy you a cup of coffee. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Sounds good. Well, if you're in New York, well, you say you're coming. Let me know, man. I'm I'll, coming I'll buy, a couple of weeks. I'll be there. I'll buy you a cup of coffee because <laughs> I'm in Manhattan. Good. I'll so. do it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> perfect. I'll stay. I'll, I'm in Manhattan for a few days here in a week and a half. So I will I'll look you up. We'll have to get together for sure. Yeah, definitely. Sounds good. Uh, again, Matt, thank you so much for being on Pay to Pay Real Estate Show. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure to be here. I really appreciate it. No, my pleasure. Thank you, buddy. Well, everyone, that was Matt Kirkgaard, and you can find him at movementpropertygroup.com. That's movementpropertygroup.com. Matt, thank you so much for being on Peer-to-Peer -peer Real Estate Show. Really appreciate it. You can find me at peer-to-peerrealestate.com. That's peer-to-peerrealestate.com. Check out our past shows, check out our blog, and check out our resource page. Also, when you get a chance, please go to Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe. Leave a review. Tell us how we can make this show better. And before I go, guys, there's a couple more things. Do not give up on your dreams. Fight for it. Guard it. Protect it. Don't let anyone talk you out of it. And I really believe if you keep the momentum going, good things will happen. On behalf of Peter Pay Real Estate Show, I'm William Morales. Until next time, thanks, everybody. Have a great day, and please stay safe. Bye.